presented by our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and be sure to use promo code CHGO when you sign up. I am Mark Hay, back in Australia, unfortunately back in Australia, but uh, thankful to be joined by uh, the LeBron of beat writers, I would say. The most handsome of beat writers I've ever seen. William Gottlieb, how are you, sir? Oh, God. Um, I'm doing all right. Um, you good? I don't know what, I don't know what to, I don't know what to say anymore. The, I, I hated I, that intro. Let's, probably... let's just restart. That was rough guys. Oh, the LeBron of beat writers. Oh, I thought I liked the well, guy. I was, I'm not so sure I was referencing that LeBron quote from the other day, but this, the completely self, self-absorbed LeBron quote. That's what that's it's, it's in ironic in that sense. I've been sarcastic, but also joining us. I'm the man who is, is uh, too small. Too small. <laughs> Maybe I should do this to push Stephen back off the screen. <laughs> but joining us as well is our pr- producer extraordinaire, Stephen Nicolides. Steve, how are you, sir? Uh, back off the screen. But, I'm, um, I'm you're, good. You're, I'm you're, good. You're, you're good. Thank you for yeah. that interesting. I, I think my new well. stick is now going to be wow, trying to find a new correct for you today. every single time. <laughs> 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 All right, let's get this yeah, thing well. back on track. Um, as I noted, I'm back in Australia, unfortunately. Not in not in studio not, anymore with, the uh, of intros, with boys. William, but... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be back with you, Will. Um, again, uh, something off the top of the show that I wanted to note, um, I have some, some work being done at my home at the moment. So if there's background noise, that's what you're hearing, listeners. Uh, similarly, Will, I think you've got some, some um, contractors in as well doing some stuff. So we're, uh, we're busy boys at the moment in, in that sense. So apologies in advance, folks, if you do hear some noise in the background. But nonetheless, uh, we want to talk ball today. We're going to get through it all as per usual. What are we talking about today? I guess you're asking at this point, but I wanted to have a conversation about, and maybe this is a bit risky, but I want to propose that the Bulls are, that they're locked into a playing position at this point. I'm feeling pretty confident about it. There's seven games left to go. They're three games up on the Wizards, three, three and a half on the Pacers. So I'm feeling confident. So we're going to explore that conversation in a little bit more detail. We're also going to talk about if, if the Bulls can get back to 500. It's a big if, but potentially that's, Something that could happen, but we also want to talk and round out the show talking about maybe some future stuff as well, talking about uh, what the what the Bulls could be doing in the offseason, particularly in their relationship with the Portland Trail Blazers and the pick that the Blazers owe the Bulls. Casey Johnson had an interesting article from yesterday, I believe it was, in terms of maybe there's something that could be uh, worked out between the teams there. So we'll dive into that in a little bit more detail from our side and give our thoughts on what Casey you noted there in, in that piece. But that's effectively what we're discussing today. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us on YouTube, whether you're in the comments, whether you're watching, whether you're on Apple, Spotify, all that sort of stuff. We appreciate everyone's support of what we do here at CHGO. But William, let's kick it off, mate. Uh, are you as confident as I am in terms of the Bulls essentially being safe and having their playing spot almost but as secured at this, at this stage? Yeah, I mean, it's looking all but secure for the top 10. Uh, there's going to be some, some shuffling around. Obviously, the Bulls are one game back of both the Hawks and the Raptors. But the Wizards, three games now behind the Bulls, they are looking like they are trying to miss the playoffs. The Pacers now three and a half games back of the Bulls. And although they own the tiebreaker, they are pretty close to being eliminated here. So I feel pretty good about the Bulls at least making and, and thanks, Stephen, for posting this graphic. We'll get into some of the details here later. But for the sake of just sort of overarching standings, I think the Bulls are in really good shape. And now it's a matter of can they climb up and get into a spot where they're getting home court advantage in one of these playing games or best case scenario, having a win in your end situation. Yeah, definitely. And it's it's interesting what a, a week or two of, of good basketball could, could do because, you know, a couple of weeks back, I thought for sure this team was not making the plane based on how they were playing. Uh, you know, the Patrick since Patrick Beverly's arrived, the team's 10 and 6, I believe, off the top of my head. So they've, they've put together a good stretch of basketball. They were seven games below 500 at one stage before Beverly arrived. Obviously, there's still a few games under 500 at the moment, which we'll, t- we'll touch on a little bit more later on. But they've been playing good, respectable basketball. They've been one of the best basketball teams in the NBA over the last sort of month or so. So because of that, they've, they've afforded themselves this position now where seven games to go, like I said, three and a bit games up on, uh, on the Pacers, three games up on the Wizards, you would think, unless something completely you know, untoward were to happen, that this team 
is uh, at least going to hit the tenth spot, which is which is good, which is a good thing, I guess. Like we, we talked about it last week, we were like depending on the perspective of how you look at this bull season, um, and look, we may at the end of the season they may be you know thirty nine and forty three. That that might be what the record says in the record books, and that's how we might ultimately be reflecting on this season. But just for this segment of the season, this portion that we're focusing on now, the final 20-ish games, they've been a transformed team, a much better team. And that because of that, they've enabled this this uh, position now where I do feel like they're going to make the plan. And to your point now, it's just a conversation of, okay, cool. Tenth seems like the minimum at this point, but where can they ultimately end up to? Can they get to ninth? Can they get to eighth? I guess that's the... Uh, that that's the conversation now. Like the conversation's gone away from can they make the plane to now where will they land in the plane. So let's let, let, let's discuss that a little bit more in detail. But um, what what are your what are your initial thinking uh, thinkings around that? Obviously, the loss last night to the Clippers, you know, somewhat impairs that to some degree. Uh, the Bulls still control their their destiny to a large degree, but obviously we're we're, we're keeping close eye on what the Hawks are doing as well as the Raptors. Uh, but what are your general thoughts about where the balls can land here um, going forward? We, we we feel confident about them being in tenth at a minimum, but do you think they could hit eighth or even ninth? Yeah, it's tricky. Yeah. I mean, I think they're right there, um, Stephen. If you can throw that graphic back up, and sorry, my internet is um, giving me some trouble here, so I missed a little bit of that. But if you just look at kind of how the the teams have been performing. Um, you know, three and three over the last couple of weeks there for the Hawks, but they are plus 5.4. You've got the Raptors at five and two with one of the best net ratings in the league. And although it seems like the Bulls have been playing at a really high level, they are sort of middle of the pack in terms of net rating. Um, as I mentioned, the Wizards and the Pacers have totally fallen off a cliff here and it seems like they're playing for lottery balls at this point. But just in terms of how these teams are playing, Bulls, sort of middle of the pack and a little bit behind both of these teams. But if you take into account the strength of schedule moving forward, the Bulls have a really favorable rest of the road here where the Hawks have a really tough schedule. The Raptors even more difficult. And that sort of um, plays into what we see here with the 538 playoff odds as far as likelihood to get in. So um, if you gun to my head, if you made me make a prediction Um, At this juncture, I would probably say that I feel pretty confident that the Bulls could get up to the ninth seed. Um, Mm -hmm. I think the Raptors are playing as well as they possibly can. I think they probably call up to eight um, and the Hawks will fall down to 10, just given the way that the the tiebreakers work and we can get more into that. But just high level, that's kind of where my mind is. And I feel like in there, if they're in this situation, they can compete with any of these teams. I think the Raptors would be kind of the hardest matchup. But I'd feel confident against the Heat. I'd feel confident against the Nets, which, whichever one of those teams gets a seventh seed. I'd feel really confident against the Hawks, and they've got a game coming up against them. I think that they will have a pretty good chance of getting into the playoffs, assuming yeah. they don't match up with the Raptors in the first play-in game. We'll see. I don't know why. Maybe maybe the um, I'm just uh, I'm Pat Bev piv, Pat Bev pilled rather at this stage. So maybe I'm just feeling. Uh... Or maybe a little overly confident at this stage, but I, I do think the Bulls can get to ninth. And if the Raptors land at tenth, with which I think is well, maybe not the preferred scenario, but the most likely scenario based on the Raptors' uh, strength of schedule or who they're playing coming up, I do think the Bulls have a chance against the Raptors if the if the Bulls can host that 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 game. And and I say that because the Raptors have been a pretty poor road team this season. So maybe my opinion changes if the Bulls are tenth and the Raptors are ninth. That will be tougher, I guess. We know that the Raptors have an ability to expose certain things about the characteristics of this Bulls team, so it won't be necessarily an easy game. But I think I think they can do it. And and, I, and I, the reason why I say this is like here's here's the Raptors' remaining schedule. So they, they got Miami coming up, then they're at Philly, at Charlotte, at Charlotte again, uh, two games in Boston back to back, and then they finish the season against Milwaukee. So. The Raptors have a really, really tough schedule. I know those two games against the the Hornets aren't necessarily uh, tough games in terms of opponents, but if we look at that, like about how the Hornets have been playing more recently, we talk about the Bulls' defense and how good the Bulls' defense has been more recently. Like the Hornets' defense has been just as good, and no one's paying attention, obviously, because they're the Hornets, not a good team. No one really cares about the Hornets, but 
The Hornets are playing good basketball. The fact that the Raptors have to go there on the road twice, then continue their road trip, like I said, two games in, in Boston, finishing the season against Milwaukee. Now, granted, who knows what the Bucs are doing at that point. Maybe they're resting guys. Maybe the Celtics are doing that too in some of those games. Obviously, time will tell. But the point is they've got a heavy road schedule. They're playing some good teams in there as well. So I understand the Raptors are, have had a good stretch, a good couple of weeks here. But uh, they're not doing so well on the road this season more generally. And I think their schedule is pretty tough. So my, my bold prediction here, William, is uh, the ball, sorry the Raptors land in 10th. I don't know how you feel about that. Maybe you feel a little bit differently to me. But um, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of down on the Raptors at this point, And I think the Bulls are at least going to make up one position here. Yeah, I, I, a rare disagreement for me. I think the Raptors, um, and we saw it in their last matchup, just are really – they're trouble for the Bulls. I mean, the way that they offensive rebound um, – as good as the Bulls are defensive rebounding, they got exploited there. Um, as good as the Bulls have been against pressure and forcing teams to pay for, you know, the the traps and the doubles and the zoning, um, the Raptors are good enough. They're long enough. They rotate well enough to where the Bulls have a really hard time executing against that. And so when you have the Bulls' strengths being – or the Bulls – the Raptors' strengths being strengths of the Bulls, but being able to overpower, it's like, you know – uh, immovable force, unstoppable object, or whatever the term is. And last matchup, at least, the Raptors really dominated. So um, I think the offensive rebounding would be a huge problem. We've talked about the margin for error. If the Bulls aren't going to be able to close out possessions, if they're not going to be able to get to the free throw line, if they're not going to you know, prevent turnovers, they're going to have trouble. And the Raptors are really good at, at forcing all those things. So I would be scared of that matchup. I think Toronto is sort of a hostile place to p- play, but to your point, I mean, um, depending on how these the rest of the standings shake out, the Bulls could be playing that game at home, and I think you'd feel a little bit more confident there. Um, and then just to sort of put a bow on that, where it gets complicated now is the tiebreakers. And the Bulls have one game left against the Hawks, but they currently own the tiebreaker. Um, if they end up tied, if, if the Hawks beat them in the remaining game, they would finish the season 2-2. And then it would go to best conference record. The Bulls have them there right now, but a lot can change over the next seven games. The Raptors obviously own the tiebreaker over the Bulls and the Hawks own the tiebreaker over the Raptors. So there's a lot of different ways that this could end up. Um, This Hawks game is huge coming up in, I think it's a week from today. Um, Not just in terms of the standings and what that can mean for like climbing in the standings, but for these tiebreakers, I mean, so much is on the line here. Um, and although it is like a spot in the play-in, the home court advantage, playing two versus one game, being on the road, being at home, having two tries, like that's a huge deal. So this is all, I think, going to come down to the wire. But I do feel confident that these are the three teams that are going to be eight, nine, and 10. And, you know, with the way that the Raptors are playing right now, the Hawks are sort of getting this new coach boost from Quinn Snyder joining things. They've been playing really well, even though the record hasn't necessarily caught up to that um, as well. The, as the Bulls are playing, these teams are playing just as as well, if not better, if you look at the net rating. So it's, it's going to come down, I would say, to the last game of the season. I think it's going to be really tight for the next two and a half, three weeks. Yeah, and look, fortunately for the Bulls, their last game of the season is the Pistons. So I assume the Pistons will be wanting to lose that game just to shore up their their tank odds. Um, but look, there's, there's essentially a week and a half to go in the season. The, the Bulls' last game, like I said, versus the Pistons uh, is on, on the 9th of April, which is like is essentially a week and a half away. It's, it's, it's a week on Sunday. So uh, there's not a lot of games to go. There's not a lot of time left in this NBA season. And as, as you can see there on the graphic there, like that's the Bulls' run home. They've got the Lakers tomorrow night. They're at Charlotte. There's a game against Memphis, the game against Atlanta at home, which you referenced. Then two tough games, or at least one tough game, that that game against the Bucs on the road. We'll see against the Mavericks. They, in theory, could uh, could hurt the Bulls, but we know at the moment that the the Mavericks are just sort of all over the place with Kyrie and Luka. And then, as I mentioned before, concluding the season against the Pistons. So there's a chance here that, uh, that the Bulls can really secure something nice here. So we'll dive into that schedule a little bit more when we talk about you know, their ability to get back to 500. But um, I guess my counter to the whole Raptors thing and, and the, the trepidation around the Raptors and playing the Raptors is, I mean, 
they're probably the worst half court offense in the NBA. Like beyond the, the beyond like the, the the clear tanker teams, teams that are actually trying to win basketball games. Their half court offense is pretty pretty deplorable in many senses. So I think that's what gives me hope as well. And the fact that if the Bulls can get that at home, like I mentioned before, the Raptors all season have just been a terrible road team. Now, in a plain type scenario, like you know, win or win or win or go home type scenario, maybe this. I don't know how much, how relevant all that sort of stuff. But if, if defense gets amplified, if that intensity of like a playing game starts to get amplified, I think the Bulls, like I said, maybe I'm just, uh, maybe I'm just feeling confident because of Pat Bev. He's just got me in a, a in a different state. Even of after mind at this stage. losing by twenty last night, you're still feeling good. Hey, I, I I I didn't mind that loss last night to be honest with you. I, like to go two and one on the road like that, I I, I didn't even I, I wasn't sure that that would go two and one to be honest with you. I, I felt confident obviously against the Blazers, but uh, I, that Lakers game could have easily been an L. Like the Lakers are playing good, they've got something to play for. LeBron coming back, I, I was scared when when LeBron was uh, announced that he was playing in that game. The Bulls completely owned the Lakers in that sense and did so with Vooch missing a good chunk of the second half or if not the whole second half. So that was a really uh, impressive win. And the fact that they at least played a good half of basketball against the Clippers, I thought. Obviously, the, they ran into the, the math problem against the Clippers. But on, in a back-to-back situation against a team which can potentially expose you like the Clippers can, uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't too bummed out about that loss. And, and again, zooming out a bit, the 10 and, six, 10 and 6 over their last 16 games, you're going to have losses here and there where you cop a bad loss. I mean, the Bucks got absolute got absolutely owned by the Nuggets. They lost 64 to 40 in the second half in that game. So if the Bucks have an ability to be absolutely crushed in second halves, then surely a team like the Bulls can as well. So I think more generally, once you zoom out, like I'm okay with that loss last night. Those losses are going to happen. It's more now just about getting back on getting back on track and taking care of business tomorrow and making sure like they don't go on a three-game losing streak or something like that. If they can get back to their winning ways and you know win a couple games going forward, that's okay. But yeah, it would have been nice to go three and zero in on on the road here. But I mean, the broadcast yesterday had a stat where the Bulls were six and zero on the road in March. Had they won yesterday, they would have been seven seven and zero on the road, uh, and would have matched only the Jordan's Bulls in terms of te- of, of past Bulls teams that have have gone seven and zero in a month on the road. So I don't know when you pl- when you apply all that context. I guess I, I'm, I was fine with the loss tomorrow. Schedule loss. Yeah, Sorry, I, yesterday I agree with a lot of that. I, I agree with a lot of that, but I think the one thing that gave me pause was the fact that this was sort of a reminder of how small the margin for error is. And yeah, that even even if the Bulls, you know, out-rebound and prevent second chance points, even if they um, get to the free throw line more and have fewer turnovers, they can still lose a game because teams can get hot from three and the Bulls just can't match it. So especially when you look at this in terms of you know, a one game sample, which is what the play-in would be, right? Like you can zoom out and look at the big picture all you want, but in a one game sample, it's a one game sample. And that's exactly the sort of game that an opposing team could have. So I do think the Bulls have some weaknesses still. And I think yeah, of course. they this uh, reinforces, I think, some, uh, some of what we'll, we'll talk about in segment two or segment three here as far as things that need to happen next season and, and how they can address those. But um, as well as the Bulls have played, they're an imperfect team. The margin for error is still small. They've been playing so well that mm-hmm. they've been able to get away with it. And I'm not trying to take away from the way that they've played because they have been awesome. Um, I think in a lot of ways, you know, last year we talked about them being playing above their heads during the first half and below their floor for the second half. I think they're probably playing – pretty close to how well they should be playing right now maybe a little bit better but like 10 and 6 you know mid 40s to high 40s win pace feels right to me for for the talent on this team so I think they are playing the basketball that they should be playing and it's a shame that we haven't seen this for the longer stretch of the season here but all that being said the margin is still small they know that they know they need to take care of business here but anything can happen in these one game samples and I would rather go against a team like the Hawks that doesn't shoot any threes um, that you can count on to, you know, yep. that has more of a recipe to beat. So it'll be really interesting. I think the rest of the season, <laughs> for, for there only being seven games left, a lot can change during that period of time. Um, and I just want to stay away from the Raptors because I don't, I don't trust their ability to 
finish plays with defensive rebounding. Um, I'm not sure they'd be able to get to the line enough. Obviously the Raptors don't really shoot either. Um, so that would just be like a old school slug fest Eastern conference game. And I think the bulls can win that, but I would say I'd, I'd feel like 60, 40 confident against the Hawks against the heat and against the nets. Whereas I would feel closer to like, you know, 45, 55 in favor of the Raptors in, yeah. in that game. So it's close. Um, but if you're asking me to rank them, I would, I would prefer to stay away from the Raptors. Well, look, I mean, just to, to, to sum up this point, and you sort of touched on it, and this is why, we, uh, why we're always on the same wavelength, the point I was going to make. And, and you're right, in, in one game, anything can happen. I mean, even the Bulls potentially could get hot from three. Who the hell knows? Yeah. It's, one, it's a one-game totally. example. But like to your point, like the Clippers obviously have the ability to get hot. They're, they're one of the better three-point shooting teams in the NBA. The, the Hawks actually are the 30th in the NBA in three-point attempt rate. The Bulls are 29th. The Raptors are 26th. So in that sense, yes, maybe the Hawks go off in a game. Maybe the Raptors do something crazy and they get hot from three. But it would be unpredictable. It would be unlikely in that sense, Same in the, in the same way that it would be for the Bulls to, to get hot from, from three from that point of view. So I guess, yeah, anything can happen in one singular game. But in, this, in those specific matchups, if the Bulls were to match up against the Hawks or the Raptors, I can't imagine it will be a three-point shootout, but uh, you know, funnier things have happened. So we'll see what happens. But I guess but, um, it's it would be like the Raptors getting twenty-five offensive rebounds yeah, and scoring like fifty-seven yes. points in the paint, or some version of that. But my point is, no, no, like, definitely, definitely. If if there's one skill set that any of these teams have that could really hurt the Bulls, I think it's the Raptors' offensive rebounding and transition points out of steals. So that that matchup just scares me a little bit. But I do stand by what I said, which is that. I'd feel pretty good about the Bulls in any of these games. Yeah. Well, look, the one thing the Raptors don't have that the Bulls do, Patrick Beverly. Patrick Beverly. My guy. <laughs> my guy, Pat Bev. And another thing that CHGO has that uh, a lot of people don't. And look, all the people of Chicago have access to this as well. Is that Our friends at ComEd. So the ComEd, folks, if you don't know about ComEd yet, you, you should because we talk about ComEd all the time. But if you're not aware... ComEd offer energy efficiency programs which are committed to helping families and businesses in our communities. We serve and manage, uh, lower their energy usage, lower energy bills now and into the future. So that's why we love ComEd. They help you save that monogy, as we would say, William. So ComEd offers a wide array of, of, of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades, whether that's to commercial, industrial, or public sector customers of all sizes across our territory. So whatever you are, Wherever you are, our friends at Comet can certainly help you out. So customers, if you want to inquire about you know, upgrading your out, outdated lighting to energy, and, uh, energy saving and money, money saving LED lights, if you want to learn more about network lighting, if you want to learn more about your ability to connect through mobile devo- devices, control your energy through mo- your mobile and save energy through that point of view, you, our friends at, at Comet can certainly help you do do all of that. So uh, if you're interested in that, you can visit uh, comet.com slash poweringbiz. Biz is B-I-Z now to start a saving energy and money. And like I said, money. If you want to do that, our friends at uh, Comet certainly can help you out. And I don't know about you, William. I, like I, I was obviously in in Chicago for a couple couple weeks. There, I got to experience Chicago, but I, I'm assuming this is a case for you guys as well. But uh, utility rates here in, in in Australia, the amount that we are having to pay at the moment uh, is ridiculous. So I kind of wish we had Comed down here in Australia. Maybe they can branch out and help us out down here. But I, I'm thankful that Comed uh, is in Chicago, and you, you, William, people listening can help. Uh, we can reach out to Comed, as I said comment.com slash powering beers and they can sort you out helping you save energy and money another thing that's uh well i guess that is very important to everyone that can help you well i mean well maybe not save energy but maybe give you energy william is is roman can uh, can you tell our listeners about our friends at roman yeah so we've got uh 38 people watching right now and only 12 likes so uh, hit the like and get that up. And if you want to get something else up, let me tell you about our friends here at Roman. Because everybody wants to have a better sex life, but up to 50% of men have symptoms that get in the way of wanting to or enjoy, enjoying their sex life. So if you want a better sex life, you are not alone. And that is all right because Roman is here to help. Roman is the digital health clinic for men addressing a variety of sexual health needs and offering genuine medication that helps achieve and maintain a strong erection. Roman offers discreet wipes that help you last up to four times longer in bed. 
in men with low T, getting testosterone levels back to normal can help increase libido. Roman offers a testosterone test, which includes lab processing, and if it's appropriate for you, treatment for your low testosterone. And guess what? There's no waiting rooms. There's no hassle. It's a straightforward digital experience from the comfort and privacy of your own home. And if medication or testing is appropriate, Roman will send it directly to your door. Everything arrives in discreet packaging with two-day free shipping. We love free shipping. We love two-day free shipping. So if you want to learn more about how you can achieve your personal sexual health goals, go to ro.co slash chgo to get 20% off your entire first order. That's ro.co slash chgo to learn more about how you can achieve your personal sexual health goals. Very good. I can't wait to visit that website. Another thing I can't wait to experience to get my energy rocking, to get me... (laughs) I won't go there. But uh, another thing that I want to reference um, is a watch party that we have coming up. Uh, And like, if if Roman's not going to do the trick for you, then surely being in the presence of, of the GOAT of Big Dave, of Matthew Peck, surely like that will get people excited. So if you want to come home, watch some some Bulls games with our guys, unfortunately, I won't be able to, I won't be able to attend. But I would love to be there. But if you... You're want not to flying get there, back for that? No, unfortunately, I can't. But uh, the guys are doing a watch party. So the Bulls play the box on April 5th. Um, and fortunately for everyone that's uh, you know tuning in, uh, if you're a member... Whatever the situation may be, if you want to come hang out with Will, Big Dave, Matt, and just basically any other Bulls fan that's going to need to be uh, attending this watch party, we're having a watch party at the Beacon Tap. The address is 1374 Lee Street, The Plains. Uh, I'm pretty sure I've said that right. 6.30 p.m. Des Plains. Des Plains. Is, that, is it really Des Plains or are you, are you pulling my leg now? No, that's what, that's what we call it. It's not, it's not D Plains. Okay, Des Plains, folks. That's where it's going to be Plains. at. Des Plains. So... Uh, if you want to come hang with the guys, watch a Bulls game in person with these fine, fine young gentlemen. And can I say that that was a highlight of my trip, getting to watch Bulls basketball with these guys was so fun. You're going to love it if you get if you can head out there to, like I said, to the Beacon Tap in Des Plains, Bulls versus Bucks. Hopefully we can get that W. So if you're interested, um, check out all our socials. We'll, be, um, we'll certainly be... Um, you know, pumping this out a little bit more as we as we head through the next week. But there is an event bright link as well where you can sort of sign up, register. If you want to be part of it, uh, we'd love to see you there. We'd love to have a brew with you guys and uh, watch the Bulls take down the box. That's definitely a thing that's going to happen that night. So, uh, and if not, then uh, commiseration drinks for everyone, I guess. So, but it'll be a bunch well, of last fun, year. So, yeah, last year the the Bucks tanked out of second position to get into third to face the Bulls. So I think that. This year, they might be trying extra hard to keep their first position so that they can face the Bulls in the playoffs. But uh, this is a free event. It will be a lot of fun, but make sure you sign up on the Eventbrite that will be posted in the description of this. We'll have it posted on Twitter, Instagram, all our socials, um, just so we can get a sense of how many people are going to be there and who will be joining us. But totally free. Come hang out. It'll be a lot of fun. And Mark, we'll miss you, but we'll have Joey... Stephen, will you be there? I think you'll be there. We'll have some of the other CHGO friends. I'll, pro- I'll probably be um, there. There yeah. it is. We, we got them. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we got them. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun. Please join us and sign up on the Eventbrite link when you do. Yes, for, for sure. I mean, if Stephen's going, that's reason enough to go, to be honest with you. Uh, Actually, I'm only going if Mark goes. I'm going to make it oh. powerball now. So, <laughs> Both in your court, Mark. That, that's that's tough. That's tough. I'll see what I can do. I'll see, I'll see what I can do. Uh, no guarantees, but I'll, I'll try to make it happen. Uh, but let's get back to the show. And like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm Pat Bev pilled at this point. So I'm thinking crazy thoughts, William. I'm thinking just completely irrational thoughts. And even after the, the, the yell last night, I was thinking, all right, the Bulls are only three games under 500. Yes, there might be seven games to go. Yes, there's some tough games coming up. But uh, can they go five and two the rest of the way to get back to 500? That was a thought that pumped up in the, into my head. I don't know why. Even after an L, like I said, I was sitting there watching the Clippers game thinking, can they get back to 500? I mean, does it really matter? Is it even important? Probably not at this stage because like, like we talked about, they're, they, they're, lock, they're locked into a play-in position or hopefully they're locked into a play-in position. It sounds like they're going to be in the play-in. Does it really matter if they're 40 and 42 or 41 and 41? Like Probably not, but I don't know why, but it just, it's just something that I started thinking about. So... I wanted to explore that a little bit more with you in detail today. But one, is it important for them to get back to 500? Probably not. But I mean, do you think they can do it? Is it something that's possible? 
So I've been thinking a lot about this too. And I think there's two ways to look at it. Um, but so the, the Bulls at, at multiple different points of the season were seven games below 500. Yeah. Um, I think we can all agree that is not good. They were 13th place for a stretch. Um, and I think at that point, you're looking at the record and the standings to determine like what you think of this team and whether this season has been a success. Uh, but if they do put this surge together to get themselves up to 500, which they haven't been since like early November, if mm-hmm. memory serves, yep. um, November six. Are you looking? Yeah, November six. So if it gets to that point, and five and two over this next seven games is not a given by any means, but like, are you looking at in order to determine success? Are you looking at like the last segment of the season? Are yeah. you looking at the overall record? Are you looking at the lows are you looking at the highs are you looking at where you finish in the standings are you looking at where or or if the bulls are able to to make it to the playoffs how that goes i think there's a lot that factors into this and for me where it comes down to is sort of a lukewarm cold take maybe like you have to factor all of it in um as i said i think the bulls were playing below their floor to start this year i mean but it was 60 games right like there's a huge sample if you put the last you know, 23 games after the all-star break last year, plus the first half of this season together. I mean, that's a really long extended sample of the Bulls playing below the talent level. Um, now you have a solid sample here of the last 20, 20 odd games of them playing a lot better, but does that like, does that make you confident going into next season that you don't need to make any changes or that you can bring this group back together and that they'll continue on? Um, I think that, those are sort of mutually exclusive. Like you can think that the second season was the second part of the season was successful, but also think you need to make changes. And I think that's kind of where I stand on it. But at the end of the day, like we've seen the true colors of this team over the stretch of the season, we've seen them blow leads. We've seen them be seven games below 500 and the 13th seed. And we've seen them play up to their talent level. But to me, what we haven't seen is the consistency. And I think in order to get to that level of consistency, you need to be looking for ways to get better. And so I, I think despite finishing on a strong note here, and I'm glad they are because like whimpering out the way that they played leading into the deadline on like a seven game losing streak. Um, that's just, it's unacceptable. And so it feels a lot better. And I, I know they feel a lot better for finishing out this season strong, but that does not excuse them from doing nothing at at the summer like they did no, nothing look, at the trade deadline that they did yeah. nothing at the the summer and trade deadline prior to that so they still have a lot of work to do even though they've been playing a lot better completely agree um and i i, I want to make that clear like that even though that i'm enjoying the uh you know the the recent month of bulls basketball like i said 10 and 6 over the last 16 games being one of the better teams on both sides of the ball top five in net rating like they've been a completely different basketball team over the last month than what we've seen previous so you know i I don't want to take away from that and i've been thoroughly enjoying the last month but to your point i also want to make clear that however this thing ends whether they make the plane whether they get back into the playoffs whether they you know irrespective of what they do in the playoffs that you know, those results won't determine or shouldn't determine, you know, inaction in the offseason. So let me make that clear. Uh, we're, we're aligned in that thinking. Some things need to change. They have to change. And they the, the Bulls will be forced to change certain things based on the fact that, you know, not well. Half of their roster will be uh, free agents. Um, there'll be obviously the tax implications of everything. So there was, there's going to be some forced changes regardless. But irrespective of how this season finishes, whether it's good or, or, good or bad, there has to be changes next season. I guess what I'm getting at more more here is just this uh, this season specifically. And I guess why I come back to 500, maybe this is just being dumb and liking nice round numbers and, you know, rather than being at what you know whatever 40 and 42 equals in terms of percentage or, you know, 0.48 something, whatever it will be. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe that's why my brain just likes lo- like looking at that round number and thinking 500 would be nice to get to. But I think more generally why it would be nice to get back to that point is the point you raised before. Like this team just hasn't been back at 500 for months now. So if they were to get back to 500, yes, is that like categorically different from being 40 and 42 or 39 and 43? No, not really. Like it's a couple games. Who really cares ultimately? But I just think where this team has been so like where they've been so far under 500 for much of this season for them to get back to that point, I think that would be actually commendable. And like I said, 
them getting back to 500 is not a, uh, you know, they shouldn't be hanging a banner for getting back to 500. We shouldn't be celebrating it as, uh, you know, a, a major success in terms of them getting back to 500. But based on all the nonsense that we've had to deal with over the first four months of the season, or even five, first five months of the season, if they were to get back to 500 for whatever reason, again, I just kept come, keep coming back to that number. I think that would be somewhat of a, a, a mini success. Now, it doesn't meet the the success, the the criteria that AK has, um, you know, sort of suggested the team needed to hit in the offseason or in the preseason. He made it very clear that this team needs to improve on what they did last season. He didn't categorically say, you know, we need to win X amount of games. We need to do this and this. But they obviously made the playoffs first round last season. They were a six seed. They, they made the, the first round. They took a game off the box. So presum- presumably, he wants to improve on that. Now, getting into the plane plane as the 10th seed and stopping there and maybe winning 40 games is not an improvement. Maybe even getting back into the playoffs and getting into the first round, playing the Bucs again and only taking one game off them again is not necessarily uh, improvement in itself as well. So there's still a lot of ways this can go, I guess, is the point. But for me, at least, based on how this regular season is concluding, if they were to get back to 500, given that they've been so far under 500, throughout all this season i think that would be a uh you know a commendable achievement at least and like i said maybe i'm too pat bev pilled at this point but and, and uh being 2c red but i, I kind of I, I would take that as a mini win from, from my point of view at least yeah and i think that's fair but i do want to double down on what i said which is that like you know i i well i'll say it this way i think there are a lot of fans who feel like any sort of win that Arturis and Mark Eversley can take is a step towards them not making the moves that they are required to make here in order to improve this team. Because I do think at the end of the day, we kind of know what this group is, whether they are surging at the moment or whether they are completely floundering for 60 games. We know that this team at, at its best right now is, is 500. This is not a contender. This is not a, you know, second round of the playoffs team, and that's not good enough. So um, Arturis said at the beginning of this year he wants to improve on last year. Presumably that means two things, having a better record and making it further in the playoffs. Now you could quibble and say, does that mean losing the first round playoff series in six games instead of five? Maybe, but I think the idea is that like there are fans who don't want to even get to that point because Mm – it's just ammunition for AK to say, I'm not going to do anything again. So I think as long as they get to a point, and this is where I double down and say, like, as long as they get to a point where they're making a move this summer, I don't really think it matters how they finish out the season because they still, at the end of the day, we all know that they still need to make a move. And so if, if uh, you know, performing at a 500 or, you know, finishing the season, whatever it would be after the all-star break to get back to 500. If that's ammunition to avoid making a move, I think that would be a bad thing if they're going to make a move anyway, and they can just claw back up to 500 and save face a little bit. But at the end of the day, it's still going to result in some changes. I'm fine with that too. But like I said, at the end of the day, we know what this team is. We know what their ceiling is and as well as they've played. And like, and I've said this multiple times on this podcast already, like they have played a lot better lately. I don't want to take that away from them. But the ceiling is what the ceiling is, and they're going to have to make some moves regardless of how the season shakes out. 100%. 100%. And I don't disagree with that. Uh, they have to do something in the offseason, and, and that thing obviously is giving Patrick Beverly a five-year, $272 million contract. So that, that's clearly something that needs to happen. But, uh, you know, I, I certainly take your point. We're, we're aligned. I, I don't want the... The, the fun that we're getting wrapped up in at the moment. And like I said, who, who knows how this thing plays out? Maybe they're losing their first playing game and they don't, even get, they don't get into the playoffs. So obviously that would be categorically a failure in, in terms of what AK had said in, in preseason. Maybe they win a couple playing games. Maybe Patrick Beverly is destined to get us back in the plane and then we get into the playoffs and get absolutely demoralized by the box in the playoffs again. And again, that would be considered a failure in that sense. So who, who knows how it's going to play out, I guess. But yeah. I, I think there's also like a difference between not meeting your goals and a complete abject failure. Yeah. I think if they were to have finished the season seven games under 500, that's an abject failure. If they get back and show some resilience and make it into the play-in and are competitive, that is not meeting your goal because they're not advancing to the second round, which is what 
presumably the stated goal was, they're not meeting their goal, but they're still, you know, being competent. And so I, that to me is better than just like a complete failure. But again, that comes under the assumption that there will be some changes made. So um, I think there's a difference between failure and not meeting your goal. There is some, you know, some space in between those two things. And as long as, as there's motion this summer, um, to me, it doesn't really matter, but it's certainly nice to have them, you know, not be a laughing stock and to see some of these other teams um, backsliding, like the Mavericks right now are just lost to the Hornets twice in a row. They're out of the play in tournament. Like it makes you feel a little bit better. A couple weeks ago, we were talking about, do the bulls have the bleakest outlook yeah. in the entire NBA? Like you don't feel that way. You don't feel that extreme about this team anymore, even if they don't meet their goals. Definitely. Definitely. So, uh, yeah, like I said, we'll see how it plays out. Uh, obviously whatever happens now, unless something crazy were to happen and they, they went on some miraculous run in the playoffs, then I think that would be the only explanation or the only justifiable reason for not doing something notable, uh, in the off season, but irrespective of, of what happens now, assuming something reasonable were to happen whether that's in the plane or the first round of the playoffs then yes that's a separate conversation they still need to make obviously drastic changes in the offseason because even being 500 in the grand scheme of things uh isn't good enough but maybe maybe i guess my point is where they have been at points in this season i think 500 getting back to 500 would be somewhat commendable but uh let's move on uh let's talk about our friends at foco so chicago you've already got the best coverage for your favorite team so if you want to get fitted out in the best sports gear going around, then FOCO have got you guys covered, whether that's from Soldier Field to the United Center all the way to your living room, whether it's north side, south side, uh, whatever it might be. If you're interested in getting yourself a hoodie, some slippers, some signs, some bobbleheads, everything in between, baseball is back. If you want to come support your your your, your team, whether you're wrapping the Cubs, the Sox, whatever the situation may be, our friends at FOCO can help you get decked out. If you want to look as smooth and as cool, and just, damn. Damar is the coolest guy I think I've ever seen in my life, to be honest with you. If you want to look like Damar DeRozan, and you want to be decked out like him, then get decked out with the leaders of apparel um, in sports, merch, collectibles, whatever you, whatever it is you're looking for, our friends can, at FOCO can hook you up. So if you're looking for the perfect gift for that football fan in your life, the Bears are on the up. Everyone wants to be wearing their Bears gear. Everyone wants to be repping the Bears. The Bulls, like I said, the Bulls are getting—they're in the playing. Well, hopefully in the playing. They're gonna be—they're going. I'm feeling a playoff run. Pat Bev, if you want to get some Pat Bev merch from Foco, I'm sure our friends at Foco, if they haven't already, they're going to be getting on that Pat Bev bobblehead. But uh, particularly if he leads us to the uh, an illustrious playoff run here. But head on over to Foco. They've got you covered. Like I said, with from hoodies. Uh, everything in between, any type of merch, anything you want to get, our friends at FOCO will help you out. So check out FOCO.com. Use the link in the description of this podcast episode. And for all non-presale items, if you use the promo code CHGO, you will receive 10% off. What a great deal that is. So friends, rep your sports teams. So much sport happening at the moment. Chicago sports is on fire at this point. The Bulls on the, on the upward trajectory back to 500. Help support... Um, us here at CHGO by supporting our friends over at FOCO and get get yourself some some cool Bulls merch. But William, can you also tell our friends about our partners at DraftKings? Our partners at DraftKings, our favorite sponsors at DraftKings, our presenting sponsor is DraftKings Sportsbook. And I have been using DraftKings Sportsbook since, I don't know what year it was. I was in college. Daily fantasy had just become a thing. I was losing money every night picking my guys and failing miserably. But since then, they have become a sports book, an official sports betting partner of the NBA and the best sports book out there. Um, they've got their same game parlays. You can get into some baseball betting. We've got the Cubs and the Sox starting up on Thursday. Um, just unlimited betting and great lines, great odds over here at our friends with DraftKings. And today is Tuesday, and that means we've got our pick of the week. And why pick just one game? I'm going with a three-leg parlay here for the pick of the week, and is the Bulls play-in pick of the week. So I'm picking three games that, if I hit, will all help Bulls in the play-in race. I've got Moneyline on tonight's Heat-Raptors game, so Heat-Moneyline 
I've got Cavs money line against the Hawks, and I've got Celtics money line against the Wizards. That would push the Wizards further away from the Bulls in the play-in race. It would push the Raptors down and secure a spot, or hopefully secure a spot for the, the Heat in the top six, pushing the Nets into the play-in tournament and pushing the Bulls a half game closer to the Raptors. And then the Cavs, who again would solidify their spot in the top four of the Eastern Conference and push the Bulls within a half game of the Hawks. So I'm going three-bet parlay. Um, very good odds here at DraftKings Sportsbook. It is our presenting sponsor, and you can go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. And if you sign up with promo code CHGO, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, using promo code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So I love that our friends at DraftKings uh, have the, the ability to offer such a great parlay, but I'm just wondering, William, you had mentioned there that you made a lot of bets when you're in college that um, pe- perhaps you weren't as successful as a better back then as what you are now. But I'm just wondering, did you see the news about Jimmy Butler and the fact that he's missing this game against the Raptors? And does, uh, does that impact your parlay at all? <laughs> Um, I did not see that news. I did place the parlay <laughs> before we started recording. And I'm sure that I will still be losing money. As always, folks, use DraftKings Sportsbook, but fade my picks. That's all I can exactly. say. Exactly. So look, I I, I I I love the fact that DraftKings I'm rooting good. for I'm rooting for the Bulls to get better playoff position. I think that's really the the message here. Okay. Okay. I, look, I, I respect that. I respect that. You're putting your heart in toward it, towards it, but um, just maybe check the news next time. But uh, thank you. <laughs> thanks. Thanks again to our friends at DraftKings for uh, always offering, offering us the uh, the ability to put our heart in towards some good gambling fun. And, and look, I'm hoping that parlay hits because that's obviously very favorable for the Bulls and everything we've sort of talked up uh, pre this ad read but let's close this show um i wanted to to hit on this this article that by casey johnson so i've i've, I've read some good things about the bulls the last few days so obviously uh head to allchgo.com to read all of william's stuff uh he had a good story from last night as to how the bulls uh, allowed the clippers to fire from three-point line last night uh my great mate joe cowley had a great story about uh billy donovan and the fact that you know demar uh patrick beverly a few others how much they love Billy Donovan and why you should love Billy Donovan too. But also another good story that I read more recently, like I said, was that that article from Casey Johnson who referenced the fact that obviously the Bulls own the Portland Trailblazers draft pick. The, the protections on that pick are so that uh, it doesn't seem like the Blazers are going to be handing over their pick to the Bulls this season, particularly with, with, with given the news that they've recently shut down Damian Lillard. He won't be playing another game this season. So clearly the Blazers are all in on the tank. That pick won't be converting to the Bulls this offseason. Um, and who knows where the Blazers are going to be over the next few years to the point where this pick is lottery protected for the next number of years. Maybe this pick will just never convey to the Bulls. And similarly, like because of that fact, the Blazers can't don't have a lot of control about what they can do with their draft assets in terms of what they can trade in the future. And, and Damian Lillard made it very clear over the last week that he's not interested in a rebuild, that he wants to see improvements, these sorts of things. So obviously the way the Blazers can facilitate all that is by trading future first-round pre- picks for ready-made players. And they can't do that unless they sort this pick out with the Bulls. So Casey was essentially positing maybe the Bulls, maybe the Blazers can get together in the offseason do a deal whereby maybe the Bulls hand back the Blazers their pick and in exchange maybe the Blazers can send the Bulls a pick that they received for Josh Hart in, in, at the deadline where they got a first round pick from the Knicks in the 2023 draft so that was the basic premise of Casey's article obviously head to NBC Sports Chicago to read read that in more detail but I wanted to explore that a little bit more with you William and just the general thought about this is this something that the Bulls should be seriously entertaining um, if you were in AK's position what would you be doing uh, what are your general thoughts on maybe the Bulls and Blazers coming to an agreement in the offseason in, in terms of exchanging this pick and both teams essentially getting off the protections of this pick? Yeah, it's something that I have heard rumblings on as well. I think I've said it multiple times on this podcast that mm-hmm. um, basically the Blazers are in a position now where if they are a lottery team this year, 
they keep their pick and it folds over to the next year. If they're a lottery team next year, they keep their pick and it folds over to the next year. And that happens until 2028. So five more drafts. And basically what that means is they cannot trade any future first round picks until uh, 2020, 2030, I think would be the first pick that they were, they would be able to trade. Um, Why is that important? That is important because as you mentioned, Damian Lillard, not interested in a rebuild. So the Blazers kind of have two paths they can go here. They can trade Damian Lillard and get an ungodly amount of assets. Um, But Dame's their guy and he's been there his entire career. And he's talked ad nauseum about how winning a championship with another team doesn't really interest him about how winning a championship in Portland would be the most gratifying and about how, you know, he doesn't really subscribe to ring culture and he, and he is the greatest player in franchise history in Portland. He doesn't necessarily want to leave that. Now the Blazers could just say, well, we're going to trade you anyway, because that's really the direction we're going here, but they could also package a really strong set of, of assets here with Shaden Sharp seventh overall pick who's shown a lot of promise, um, super athletic swingman. Um, they've got Anthony Simons, who's a very explosive scorer and they've got some other young guys, but they've also got all their draft picks if they remove the protection on the one that they owe to the bulls. So the bulls are in this position where they actually have kind of a lot of leverage over the blazers, because if the blazers want to make any sort of win now move to add talent around Dame and Jeremy Grant and Yusuf Nurkic, they're going to have to get their pick back, the, the ability to trade their future first-round pick. So the Bulls can say, well, look, if you, if you think you're going to uh, get another star, you're not going to be able to do it without any, trading any future draft picks. And if you want to do that, you got to pay the piper. So the Bulls do have some leverage here. Um, and to your point, Mark, and, and what was in this story and what I've also heard on the side is that that could be – you know, the price of that could be the Knicks pick. So the Knicks pick, um, which, as you mentioned, was sent to the Blazers in the Josh Hart deal is lottery protected. The Blazers could give that to the Bulls and say, remove the protection on our pick or give us our pick back. You can have this pick. It'll probably be in the 20 to 25 range. And we'll just call it there. I think that'd be a great outcome for the Bulls because they get a pick in a year where they otherwise wouldn't have one. Um, it wouldn't necessarily be as high as the Blazers potential pick could be, but the Blazers could also not make the playoffs until 2029. And then the Bulls would be shit out of luck. So I think this would be a great outcome for the Bulls. If the Blazers decide to trade Dame instead, they could just keep their pick and basically tank until they determine they don't need to tank anymore and then work out a deal in the future but I, I don't think they'll go that direction. Obviously, a lot can change over the summer if Dame demands a trade or something like that. But the Bulls are in a good spot here where they could potentially get this Knicks pick and help the Blazers sort of reorient their future around Dame while picking up another asset. Maybe yeah, when he okay. falls to 25. I think that's that's a good take. That's that's what I was going to note. Maybe, just maybe, there's a chance that Wemby falls. But uh no, I think it makes sense for both teams. And like you noted, the, the Bulls have leverage in this situation. So it makes sense to, to 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 organize some sort of deal here. Like it makes sense for both teams, for the futures of both teams. The Bulls have limited assets. Yes, they've got the leverage in this situation, but they're also out of first round picks going forward. They We've talked about the fact that they need to make changes to these rosters. And one of the, one of the way that, that AK has done this in the past is obviously signing trades and, and using picks in those sort of types of signing trades to facilitate the acquisition of Lonzo Ball, DeMar DeRozan, obviously Alex Caruso, like was a, it was a sign and trade too, if I'm remembering correctly. But essentially they've given up assets in order to for, to build out the team that they've currently got in place. Now, I'm not su- suggesting that they, if they were to acquire this pick now in the offseason from the Blazers via the Knicks, that they need to trade that for a ready-made guy. I'm not suggesting that should be the case, but it's an option that they would have that they currently don't given that their pick is uh is headed most likely to the Orlando Magic this this offseason as well. So it just gives the team more optionality from that point of view, from a Bulls point of view. And to your point, from a Blazers perspective, it just gives them more control of their draft. It allows them to do some some more win now moves around Dame, as you as you noted. So it makes sense for both teams. For the price of of a late first round pick too. I mean I think that's yeah. that's actually good value for them. So yeah, obviously like so. 
the idea of trading a first round pick for your own pickback doesn't necessarily sound all that sexy, but the fact is like they would have all the flexibility in the world to go out and trade for Jalen Brown or Joel Embiid or Bradley Beal or one of these guys that could mm-hmm. actually really help them offer the price of the 25th pick. I think that's a no brainer for them. Uh, the bulls maybe could even squeeze a little bit more out of them, but at the end of the day, I think that's a pretty good, good uh, haul for, for the bulls to get basically something when they could end up with nothing in 2028. Definitely. And look where my mind naturally went after reading Casey's article was all right. We're talking about exchanging picks here. Like, obviously, the Bulls send their pick back to them. Maybe the Bulls get back the the Knicks pick or whatever the, the ramifications are. But my mind went to something a little bit more grand in the sense that is there a way of expanding this deal? Obviously, it would be centered around exchanging exchanging these first-round picks. Like we said, the Bulls get the Knicks pick. The, the Blazers get their their pick back and control their draft again. But is there something else that could happen? And, and, and what I'm getting at here is obviously the Bulls have some – some um, some notable free agents. Um, I don't know if Vooch wants to remain in Chicago. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll take over. Um, we don't know what the future holds for the Bulls. Uh, as far as Vooch goes, Kobe, they've got big decisions to make with Patrick Beverly and what percentage of the um, 35% max uh, 35% of the cap max that he's eligible for <laughs> as a 10-year veteran in the NBA. My mind went towards more of a multi-team deal, and it sounds like Mark was tipping at potentially you know, sending Vooch to the Blazers in a sign-and-trade that could net the Bulls something a little bit more lucrative. Um, my mind went more towards like Bradley Beal and Kyle Kuzma to the Celtics, Jalen Brown to the uh, Jalen Brown to the Blazers and the Bulls get that pick with, you know, Shaden Sharp and Simons and a bunch of picks going back to the Wizards. That would be an interesting way for the Wizards to reset, for the Blazers to add another star next to Dame, um, more wing depth and shooting and defense, and for the Celtics to get the St. Louis boys back together. Bradley Beal, I think, would probably waive his no-trade clause to go play with his guy Jason Tatum so that I thought was interesting um but to your point Mark I think there's also opportunity here for the Bulls to maybe do a sign and trade with Booch and get Nurkic back or something like that who's definitely fallen off a bit of a cliff um Mark you're back and maybe you can take away the details so I don't have to keep guessing no that's exactly where I was hinting at and maybe uh Maybe the guy that's sitting up on my roof now, working on my roof, maybe he just, just didn't like the idea of uh, expanding the trade and that's why he decided to put the power tools on. But uh, that's where I was going. Like, Vooch is, Vooch is a free agent. Maybe there would be a sign and trade there. Obviously, Vooch is better than Nurk. Uh, <laughs> maybe we can organize something else. But maybe maybe that's what I was thinking at least. Maybe expanding the deal or making it look a little bit differently. Obviously, in that example, if you're giving up Vooch, getting Nurk back, maybe the the... the Sorry, Nurk back. The the Bulls could extract even more value from from the uh, the Blazers. Maybe maybe the Blazers are Demar Derozan de- destination. Obviously, Demar's got one year left on his deal. Um, I don't know. I guess that's what I was thinking. Maybe we can talk about this more in depth in the off season. But uh, it's just something to think about. Like, there's obviously something. There's a connection between these two teams because of this pick. It makes sense for both of these teams to do a deal in the off season. But uh, maybe it makes more sense as well to to have a look look have a look a little, a little bit more broadly. I guess is the point. But obviously, we'll see. We'll see where uh, how it all unfolds. But let, let's wrap up the podcast here until my roof might just cave in. So maybe now is an opportune time to to uh, to wrap up this podcast. William, thank you for joining me. Stephen, appreciate you uh, producing the show as always. Everyone for tuning in on YouTube. In, everyone in the comments, whether you're you're tuning in by YouTube, watching us live, we really appreciate that. Obviously, supporting us. Hit the like on your way out. If you're if you're listening to us on Apple or Spotify, obviously five star reviews, all that good stuff, friends. That would be certainly greatly appreciated. Thank you to our friends who um, sponsored the show today, in particular our, our, our mates over at DraftKings Sportsbook. We appreciate everyone's support. But uh, for William at Will underscore Gottlieb, I am MK Hoops on Twitter. Um, Stephen and uh, for Stephen. Nicolides as well. We appreciate everyone for tuning in and uh, uh, go Bulls and hopefully we get that dub against LeBron and the Lakers tomorrow. Too small 
too small LeBron and the Lakers. So uh, let's get that dub tomorrow. But again, thank you everyone for tuning in and uh, we'll be back for post game tomorrow night. Uh, Will, Matt and Dave will uh, have you all covered there. So uh, appreciate you guys tuning in and speak soon, Bulls fans.